You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. This morning we're going to be talking about our series, Waiting for Christmas. And this morning we want to talk about waiting for joy. How many of you would realize this morning or understand that there's a massive difference between happiness and joy? Happiness is based upon my perspective, my, my circumstances, where, where joy is based upon my perspective. Happiness is based upon my circumstances. Joy is found in my perspective. You see, I can find joy even in the midst of some of the life's hardest times. I, I had a conversation with my son yesterday. It always brings me great joy when he's able to call home. He's uh, up at Camp Lejeune right now training in the Marine Corps. And we were talking and he was sharing a little bit about his week last week. And uh, let me say, I was pampered compared to this kid. He was telling me that uh, they were doing land navigation last week, which requires being out in the field the entire time. Uh, No tent. He just had a sleeping bag. He said it was pouring rain the entire time, 18 degrees at night. He said five individuals came down with hypothermia. And then he shared with me, and, and, and just bear with me, I beg your forgiveness beforehand, but I'm going to share with you a colorful marine colloquial that he told me that they call this. Um, they call it the suck. And um, he said that in the midst of it, what they have been trained to do is to embrace it. And then to find moments in which they can escape the suck. And I said, well, how'd you do that, son? And he said, well, dad, tell you how I escaped it last night. He goes, I was cold. I was wet. I was miserable. He goes, but then the clouds completely parted at nighttime. And he said, dad, there's no lights for miles around. And there's no pollution out where we're at. And he goes, dad, I have never seen stars like I saw that night. He said they were cast across the entire night sky. They were magnificent. And he said, Dad, I couldn't help but think in that moment, how great is our God? That he's the one that can design this, that he's the one that can make this. And he said, I was caught in a moment of worship is basically what he was telling me. And despite his circumstances, his perspective allowed him to have joy. You know, you and I live in a society, and I won't use the marine term anymore. <laughs> we use the church term. <laughs> we, we can live in a lot of the junk. How's that? A little bit better? We live in junk, oftentimes. Uh, and it can come in many forms, even little, little things, right? Um, you go home and you get an unexpected bill. The IRS wants more taxes this year than last time. You step in some gum. Uh, your flight's delayed, right? Lots of things that can steal your happiness, but, but if your perspective's right, it can't touch your joy. And those are just the small things. Um, I, I'm well aware there's much bigger ones that people are facing here today, even now as we speak. A loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, a loss of health. We live in a world that's trying to rob your joy. And then those are the ones that we can just point to. How many of you have ever been in a season um, where you're feeling the blues and you don't even know why? You're just kind of 
Ugh. There's this kind of day you just want to curl up in bed, turn the lights out, and pretend the world's gone away. I found that in my life, there's there's seasons where I even experienced that, where what what what's happening is that there's an attempt to have my my joy robbed. I, I, I use that intentionally, that word, robbed. Because this is what I know, is that you and I serve an amazing, holy, all-powerful God. And I also know that there's an enemy who wants to kill, steal. Did you catch that? Steal and destroy. See, this is what I believe. If we allow the enemy to steal our joy, what we find is that our effectiveness is being stolen too. Every single one of us here in this room, and raise your hand if you're in this room, just to make sure that you know that you're in this room. Okay. Everyone that raised their hand, you know, you know what you have been called to be? Effective for the kingdom. You have a mission in your life. You've been called to be effective for the kingdom. That's a, that's a lifelong mission. And let me, let me tell you something. When we live a joyless life, we live a very ineffective life. Joy should flow and infuse and empower our effectiveness. How many of you guys have ever been around someone who you would just say, that's just a joyful guy. That's just a joyful woman. Have you ever been around someone like that? Have you ever been around someone who's not? <laughs> Somebody's looking around. <laughs> See, there he goes. We have counseling, prayer teams. <clears throat> how many? How many of you would say that when you were around someone who's joyful, it's in, it, it, it's infectious. You want some of that. How many of you ever would say when you're around someone who's joyless, you're like, oh, I want that too. No, you 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 avoid it. You flee. So, so as a believer, if we're not joyful, we lose our effectiveness because there's a lot of pain out in this world. And I, I don't need what you got to be full of pain. But when you show me your joy, you show me your God. When you show me your joy, you, you show me your God. And that's what Christmas is. It's God revealing his son. And in the revelation of his son, the fullness of joy can be found. So no matter what I'm going through, Jesus has come. Did you catch that? No matter what I'm experiencing, Jesus has come. And let me tell you something even better. He's coming again. <laughs> He's coming again. Your, your, your Lord and Savior is coming again. Christmas is a season of joy that has opened up the way for us to live a joy-filled life. And joy should not just be the emotion of the moment, but should define how Christ followers process life. First Thessalonians, I love what Paul says. He says, to rejoice always. He said to rejoice always. Uh, who is Paul to tell me to rejoice always? Can I share with you um, what can be found in 2 Corinthians, this, this is Paul talking about some of the stuff that he's experienced in life. Okay? He said this, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. 
Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. How many say that's a rough week? (laughs) Right? But this is the same man inspired by the Holy Spirit that would say rejoice always. Don't pick and choose your moments of joy. But rejoice in them always, pray un, uh, continuously, and give thanks in all circumstance, circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That, that word will, it implies this, it's God's desire for you. It's his good purpose for you. What God wants for you is for you to experience joy in abundance. God wants you to experience joy that moves you, that grips you, that encompasses you. It's his will that you thrive. That's his will. (laughs) There's a news article that I read this week in Leipzig, Germany. Is that how you pronounce it? Leipzig? Do we have any Germans in the house? Anybody at all? Okay, none. Leipzig, I think it is. It's in Germany. And there was a company, an IT company there and there was this one lady who was complaining all the time. You know that coworker, right? You work with that one, right? Don't you? That's complaining and moaning and everything. So, so they, they decided that they were going to contractually obligate their employees to smile. That you had to smile. You had to be joyful. I'm not kidding you. This is a true story. You have to be smiling and uh, no complaining. And, and if you don't, you don't get paid. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think they were really joyful? Or do you think they just really wanted to get paid? So so you and I both know you cannot mandate joy, can you? And even though it's God's will, he has given you something called free will. It's God's will for you to be joyful, but it's your choice to embrace it. God's will for you is that you would experience joy that surpasses any understanding peace that surpasses any understanding life that surpasses any understanding that's his will for you but but um only you choose it can't be mandated for you write this down if you would in number one that if we know that we want to live a life of joy what 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 do we have to do well we have to do this is we have to we have to anticipate let our anticipation become reality we're anticipating Christ's return, and it needs to become the reality in our lives. If, if you would look at Luke chapter 2, I want us to see um, an example of how joy was brought to the earth. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord, and, and most people, most theologians believe that that was Gabriel, appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Wouldn't you be? One day you're just hanging out with the sheep, and the next thing that you know is that there's an angel there. I'm, I'm like freaking out at that moment, okay? And the glory of the Lord surrounded. Here's what's great. What they're freaked out about 
soon they're going to be joyful about. What they, what they didn't understand in the moment, they were going to understand fully, and joy was going to become a hallmark of their experience. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Say that word, joy, for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. I'm going to read that again, because there's three words I want you to, to, to catch. He said, today a what? Has been born to you. He is the, the Lord. Three words that were given. Three words that were given. A Savior, Christ, and Lord. Fullness of joy is found right there. Savior, Savior. In that time period in the Roman Empire, that word Savior was often applied to, to generals, to military uh, men. And, and, and if you will look back to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he says that the Son will come and, and, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. We have a Savior who has come and conquered the kingdom of darkness. Somebody say amen. He has conquered the kingdom of darkness. It says Christ. Christ, that, 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 that word there is Messiah, Messiah. For generations, there had been the promise that the Son would come, that the Messiah would come, and the fulfillment was happening now. Savior, Messiah, and finally, Lord. In fact, if you read Mary's prayer in chapter 1, she refers to, to God as Lord. Therefore, what we're seeing, Luke is, is intimating here, in fact, not just intimating, he's stating it. This isn't just a baby. This isn't just a savior. This isn't even just the Messiah. This is God in the flesh. Great joy should happen in all of our lives because you have been saved. The promise that God made to us has been kept and God has come. No matter what you're going through, that's a joyful pronouncement. No matter what you're experiencing, great joy can be found when we understand that. The second thing we want to do knowing about the angels' announcements, is this, is that we want to see that God's love was manifested. His love was manifested. It was shown to us. And because it was shown to us, humanity's greatest crisis was resolved. Humanity's greatest crisis was resolved. One of the things um, that would happen from time to time where I grew up in Hawaii, and, and we'd go surfing or whatnot, you'd have tourists that would come, and, and that's all y'all, <laughs> that's all y'all, <clears throat> come swimming, and, and all of a sudden, you thought you could ride pipeline, I don't know what happens, <laughs> it must be the, like the, the altitude I, in the plane coming over, I don't know what it is, and so sometimes they'd go swimming, or trying to surf, and um, they'd find themselves in a place that was very dangerous, but they didn't know it. I, they thought that everything was fine, but because you could see what was going to happen, uh, you'd go over there and you'd get them out of the way. And, and it was amazing what the response was to you. <sighs> okay, yeah, thanks. Now, you contrast that with those individuals who knew they were getting worked over, and they were getting pummeled by a wave, and they were in the midst of danger, and you'd go over there and we'd save them. You know what their reaction was? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. See, the difference in the response was what? One knew they were in danger. The other one didn't know. They were both in danger, but one knew it. 
and one didn't. Why, why am I talking about that? We were drowning. We were all collectively drowning in sin. And sometimes we behave as though we didn't know it. And when Jesus saved us by coming to earth, our joy and our response is muted because you just didn't know you needed it. But then there's individuals who live with great joy. You know why? Because they knew they were drowning. They knew that they were dead in their sin. And, and, and our greatest, greatest problem that we had was that we were separated from God because of sin. We were separated. We were going to die. <laughs> Listen to me. And then Jesus came. And then Jesus came. If you'll always be able to remember, yes, you are forgiven, and yes, God loves you, and yes, everything's, um, you know, rainbows and puppy toes, everything's good now. But if you can look back, and you can remember that you were dying, and that Jesus showed up, you tell me how you can't live a life of joy. Please, you know what the danger is in sermons like this? Here's, here's the danger is that you'll, you'll act like or think maybe for a moment that I'm minimizing your circumstances that you're facing today. I'm not. I'm not. Some of the things that people are facing, I was talking to my staff this week, and man, it's been a, it's been a, an inc- a rough month for people at our church. Just a rough month. People diagnosed with different diseases, people losing loved ones. I had, a, I had an opportunity yesterday to... Um, meet with a, an elderly lady who's transitioning from this life to the next. Rough stuff, isn't it? But here's something that's fantastic. You never know what you're going to get when you walk into a room like that. You know you're going over to visit somebody, but you just don't know what's the temperature of the room going to be like. As I walked inside there, if I, could do, if I could give you one word, you know what that word would be? Joy. Joy. She had joy. Why? Because she had Jesus. And the family had joy. You know why? Because she had Jesus. And write this down for the last one. So that way we know death is not the end. So somebody say hallelujah to that. Death is not, it's not the end. Oh, death, where is your sting? Huh. It's been swallowed up. Swallowed. By the victory that we have in Christ. So no, I don't minimize what you're going through, but what I need you to know is that no matter what you're going through, you can still live a joyful life. Uh, W.M. Lewis said this, the tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to begin it. We wait too long to begin it. Can I... Can I offer this morning, I don't know if we can truly begin to live life until we truly begin to embrace joy. You have to embrace joy. So how do we live with great joy? Write this down. We live with the right focus. We live with the right focus. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. If I'm going to, if I'm going to shoot, I'm going to hit a target. What do I got to do? I got to focus on it, right? If, if I'm doing this and I'm focusing on something over here or over there, am I going to hit it? Well, I might because I'm a pretty good shot. I'm just telling you. No, I'm not. I won't. 
<laughs> Lie, huh? I got to focus. I'm going to hit that target. See, when I focus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, when I set my eyes on him, I set my eyes on joy because it's in his presence this is the fullness of joy. And so I can, I, I, I know it's a stormy day and I know there's stuff going on and I know the enemy wants to rob me and I know that he wants to just ruin my effectiveness and I know he wants to destroy my family and I know he's coming at me financially and I know he's coming at me physically, but I got joy because I'm focused on Jesus. And that's a promise that we have for all of us. Whatever you're facing today, stay focused on Jesus. Set your eyes. Set your eyes and you can experience joy. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Write this down. Number two is that we need to live every day in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If I want to live with joy, I have to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces these kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit is going to infuse me with joy. Because I'll tell you what. Some days, even on my best day, I'm having a hard time being manufacturing joy. Even on my best day. Even when I'm focusing. So you know what it requires? It requires a, mu- a movement of the Holy Spirit in my life. A reliance on the Holy Spirit to manifest joy in my life even when I'm not feeling like it. Can I ask you something? If you, how many of you would love to see your joy quotient go up? Go spend time with the Holy Spirit. Go spend time. Invite Him in. Ask Him to move. Ask Him to speak. Spend time in worship. Spend time in his presence. Say, Holy Spirit, do what I can't do. And then last one, write this. We want to live with anticipation. We want to live with anticipation. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. If there's nothing that should make us more joyful, it's this. Jesus is coming back. You so didn't get that. Because <laughs> there's no way you can be looking and be like, Jesus Christ is returning. And he's going to move heaven once again to come get you. I had somebody share with me, Jeff shared with me earlier about Christmas and what he felt like the Lord spoke to him was that it's the one time in history where, where God chose you even over his own son. Isn't that something? He chose you. And he's going to choose you again. And he's going to send his son. And the time, listen to me, I'm telling you, you look at, you look at what's going on around us and then you, then you start searching the scriptures about prophecy. And everything's falling into line, people. I, be, I believe this. I believe this. There's a good chance we don't even get to get home and watch football today. Because Jesus could come back that fast. He can come back. Praise God. I'll miss every game for the rest of my life. Because I get to spend it with Jesus Christ, the lover of my soul for the rest of eternity. How can I not be joyful? There's a flip side to this, okay? That's the one side of the coin. And there's another side of the coin. 
If you don't know him, you cannot know joy. And if you don't know him, you cannot know life. And there is no decision you will ever make as crucial as the decision to bow your knee to him. To accept him as your God. To accept him as your Savior, your Messiah, and as your Lord. I don't care who you choose to get married to. I don't care what kind of car you choose to buy. I don't care what college you go to. All those things are, you know, yeah, there's, there's some importance to those decisions. But the number one decision is what are you doing about Jesus? Because he's come before and he's coming again. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.